During that 100-year period, we have had basically exponential growth, like from that first single UX team until now there's a lot. I believe by 2050, I think we will have about 100 million people, you know, being UX specialists. Welcome to UXpeditious, a show that shares quick and efficient insights from product, user experience, and design leaders across the tech industry. In each interview, we dive into how UX research impacts user insights, shaping the design and business strategy of some of our favorite tech tools and products. I'm Alfonso Dilanues, co-CEO and co-founder of UserZoom. And I'm Dana Bishop, VP of Strategic Research Partners at UserZoom. And we are your hosts. On today's show, the guru of web page usability, Jacob Nielsen, joins us to talk about the future of UX. In 2020, he gave a keynote speech titled UX 2050. We will unpack some of those predictions. For many of you listening, Jacob Nielsen needs little to no introduction. He's a user advocate, and he's principal and co-founder of the Nielsen Norman Group, And fun fact, he holds 79 U.S. patents, most of them on ways to help make the internet easier to use. Jacob, thanks so much for being on the show. Greatly appreciated. You're welcome. It's nice to meet you. We wanted to spend some time discussing this keynote speech titled UX 2050 that you shared in 2020. We'd like to dig a little deeper into some of the very interesting predictions that you made. You predicted from 2017 to 2050, the UX profession is expected to grow from the current approximately 1.5 million people to a whopping 100 million people. Wow, that's that's quite a lot. Our latest uh, State of UX report that we just conducted at UserZoom suggests that demand for UX work is outpacing supply of UX professionals. I gave this talk, it was called uh, 2050 because it was getting to do a long future view, but it actually also had a little bit of a long backwards view as well because it's really a 100-year view from 1950 to 2050. During that 100-year period, we have had basically exponential growth, like from that first single UX team until now there's a lot. But of course, we don't actually live in a logarithmic world or, or this kind of world where exponential growth becomes a straight line on a, on, a, on a logarithmic chart, right? We live in a linear world. And so exponential growth, when you get out on the curve, that's when you see it start going up at a very high, high absolute numbers. So like hundreds of thousands of new people every year at, at the current time, whereas back in, the, let's say, 1960 or 1970, there might have been like 100 people every year, right? But I actually think that the COVID pandemic, which is a two-year phenomenon, also has been something that accelerated the growth because of the change to many more things being virtual, people shopping much more on e-commerce. You know, e-commerce is like the number one simple clear-cut case for user experience. The return on investment is so stupendously obvious and high. And I don't think that will continue, but so I think we'll return to kind of that little bit lower exponential growth rate, but which is still extremely high, you know. I still believe in this that by 2050, I think we will have you know, about 100 million people, you know, give or take a million or two. So I'm curious about the pandemic effect. We've all seen in the industry is this crazy last two years have just been skyrocketing in terms of the number of new UX designers. I think referencing some other data that I saw recently, it's grown 
number of jobs placed for UX designers is 5x in a one-year period from 2019 to 2020, right? So, Yeah, I, I think it will level off. So this is not for anybody to worry about, about the future of this field. It will grow dramatically. It's more that there's some bumps or periods of even higher growth. But I don't think that is unlikely to continue because then we wouldn't reach 100 million. Then we would reach like a billion people being UX specialists. And that I just don't think can happen. What percentage do you think of those UX professionals in the future will be focused on keeping it simple versus new innovation? Now, innovation is a word that has so many different meanings. The truth is that there's not that much revolutionary innovation, like completely new things. It happens, of course, but it just doesn't happen that often. And in fact, I think the vast majority of the value comes from doing things right and integrating things. I mean, iterative design is one of our kind of key ideas. But iterative design is not just a matter of like each individual web page that you're making that a little better all the time. It's also a matter of making your systems work together and just in so many different ways, always making it easier, always making it simpler. And I mean, somebody comes up with like a revolutionary new thing, that's very nice, but typically it's actually quite bad in its details because, you know, they got to spend all of their focus on that big advance, but then it couldn't like polish it properly. You can also see that in e-commerce or other kind of more measurable elements of user experience. And sometimes just changing a word will gain you like a large lift in conversion rate and things like that. So getting small details right is important. So going back to this point about that we have an exponential growth curve for the field. Well, that means that most people are new and there are a very small percentage of people who have 10 years experience. So you've got to accept new people. You've got to welcome new people with the recognition that in the beginning, they're not going to be as good as the same person will be in five years or in 10 years. And then you also got to accept that we cannot only have like the top super genius talent if we want a large number of people. If we compare UX now versus in the early days, in the early days, those people who worked back then, they had to invent everything for themselves. They had nothing. Today, we have great tools, but not just platform-style tools, but also I would call them intellectual tools, things like concepts, best practices, documented guidelines, all this type of stuff. They didn't have in 1950, in 1960. In 1970, they had a little bit, but mostly people who worked on those early systems, they still had to invent everything for themselves. What is, does it mean to have a good graphical user interface? Nobody knew. Today, we know. My takeaway is that, hey, quality is important, but I think uh, Jacob is saying, hey, we will have quality with experience that we have, with the knowledge that we have, the tools and all that. It'll be easier to get quality. So that's an optimistic view, which I share and I appreciate. What do we do from a business strategy standpoint? How do we embrace this coming wave, right? From 1.5 million to 100 million usability professionals to embrace it, make the most of it, to impact the sea level and beyond. What do organizations do with all of these people and all of this, all of these resources, right? It's not necessarily the one company that has 10 or 100 times more UX people. It's more like it's 100 times more companies that have UX people. But of course, it's a growth in every step of the way. Like, so it's going to be companies that don't do anything now that will start doing it. I think that's where the more of the growth comes from. Honestly, there's an enormous number of uh, unmet tasks in user experience. I mean, there's no actually perfect product, but at least you want to have a great one. And I think almost everything ships. So it's really more so the question of, 
is the return on investment there so that you can pay for having this bigger team? I mean, the team will have something to do. But, and I think that the return on investment is sometimes already there. It's more a matter of it takes a while to get people to realize that. But I also think there is, in general, a shift in the economy towards more kind of experienced goods and towards quality being more important like the quality of the design of the experience. And the more things become interactive, more things have a user interface that didn't used to have a user interface. So in your opinion, how much does a good user experience impact the world economy? I mean, this is a big question. Well, I do think it's going to have a much, much, much bigger impact. So there's just as we talk about in our own little field, various maturity levels. And so does the world or a country or an economy have maturity levels as well. And if people are, you know, like at the starvation level, then, you know, just getting another bowl of rice, that's what's important, you know. Then you go up, you know, another level, and then it becomes important to maybe get a bicycle or whatever, sort of a little bit of a sort of an advanced manufactured thing. And then you, you keep going up these levels, and the more higher you get, the more you already have more than enough food to eat already. You have more than enough things, stuff, you know, manufactured items. You already have all you would ever need there. And the more important it becomes how nice it is, how pleasant it is, how interesting it is, those type of things. Luckily, you know, what's happening in the world economy is that poor countries are getting richer. So we will get to a level that's even more rich where customers really are not going to be satisfied with mediocre products. As a manager myself, I am very focused on ROI of great design. And I think we're seeing this in the last few years more than ever before. And McKinsey's writing about it. And that's nothing but great news. I think it'll continue uh, going this way. I agree on companies that are making a big investment and have been making a big investment in UX. We're having those conversations with them about the ROI and measuring the impact of, of this investment that they're making. And I think that's actually exciting. Oh, it, it is. There's absolutely individual examples you can point to where, you know, you designed a new product based on some early discovery research and on really understanding customers and those type of things, and and you got a bigger success. Or the more, as I was talking about, the more smaller scale where you did a specific study, you found a specific button, you changed that, and your sales increase and all that. But I think what's in some sense is more interesting is this notion that you kind of sustained. And you have this maturity model of user experience where the higher levels of maturity are that it's done systematically. I mean, any individual example is wonderful, but doing it systematically actually is more important because then again, you have this cumulative effect of just thousands of improvements that you every year, you just keep getting better and better and better. So again, incremental improvement, and this is not something I came up with. This is like one of the lessons, number one, in quality like all type of quality, not just interaction quality, but... Kaizen style. Yeah, exactly. It's very well-known principle, incremental quality improvement. And that, I think, is exactly where we are moving at. It just becomes the way things are done. And therefore, you gain these like you know, vast improvements. And how you are in 10 years is nowhere like what you are today. You can't say, well, this was the one thing. You know, some changes are bigger than others, but ultimately, it's cumulative effect of a thousand improvements is huge. More about a culture of how you drive and how you manage the, the, the digital product. Yeah. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to be on the show. So thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. That's Jacob Nielsen, speaker, user experience expert, and co-founder of the Nielsen Norman Group. 
Thanks for listening to You Expeditious. Make sure to continue listening to our new episodes each week for quality insights from UX industry leaders. If you like what you heard, help us out by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform. You Expeditious is produced by UserZoom in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Christopher Ratcliffe from UserZoom and the team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, Hannah Pedersen, Colleen Pellissier, and Jason Mack. Hold up. 